Hello, we are back. Things were kind of starting to feel like they were slowing down a little bit. Um, mm -hmm. Everything wasn't going as crazy as it has been recently, but now we got some big breaking news. Sam Darnold was traded from the Jets to the Panthers. So yes. I am Jordan Erard Coupe. This is Kaylee. Kaylee, take us off. What are your thoughts about this entire trade? Oh my goodness. So I knew this was going to happen. Um, and I'm pretty happy for him, to be honest. I think just sit, where the Jets were sitting draft wise, I don't, I didn't ever think anyone was going to pry the number two spot out of their hands. As much as it was rumored and talked about, there was just no doubt in my mind that they were going to draft quarterback, start fresh. You know, they have a new coach, they have new everything pretty much. So they're ready to start fresh. So I'm excited. I think we're going to get to see who Sam Darnold is, which I don't think anyone knows really. No. And honestly, from like the little bits and pieces that we have gotten to see from him, this is a very high compliment. So I hope he can live up to it. He reminds me the way he plays a lot of Josh Allen, like yeah. his style, the way he moves, he's a big guy, a mobile guy, but he can pass. So I think he came into the Jets three years ago. They traded up to get him. And from the moment he's gotten there, they have been in this weird like trying to rebuild period, but not doing it very well at all. They've had two head coaches and a GM since in the three years that he's been there. Yeah. So clearly there's a lot of unstableness there that they need to handle. So I think this was kind of the best situation for them both. It gives him, he is absolutely a winner here. They literally like threw him a party. Like yeah. I, he walked in like a whole celebration. Everybody's excited for him, a fresh start. And I really hope he's going to be back with Robbie Anderson. He's going to have DJ Moore. He's going to have Christian McCaffrey, like actual weapons on a pretty yes. complete team. So I'm hoping we get to see the best out of him because he's been in the league for three years, but he's 24 years old. Like, he's young. Hope, yes. Yeah. I'm hoping this is the time we can finally see him break out and show us what he's actually capable of. Yeah. I'm excited for him. And I think, I think this was the best possible way to handle this situation. And it gives me a lot of hope for where the Jets are culture-wise and organizationally, because when you look at all of the comments made by Joe Douglas and Robert Saleh, like they had really amazing things to say about him. They thanked him for being so professional throughout his time in New York. They really just sent all of these kudos his way, which is a really great way for him to start. I think it really truly was, we want a fresh start. We want Sam to have a fresh start and we're going to send him somewhere that, you know, is going to maybe be best case scenario for him. And I really think Carolina will be that. And we'll, we'll dive into that a little bit, but, but yeah, I just, I am excited for him. I think this is a really good way to kind of start fresh. Maybe it's, you know, the Ryan Tannehill effect all over again, we'll Literally. Know, but I'm excited. And I think it all, you know, they said it comes down to draft position and finance. It makes sense financially for them to trade him. It makes sense draft wise. They're not giving up that number two spot. So why not let him go somewhere and figure out, you know, who he is, get in a new scheme, a new system. And, you know, you saw how Robbie Anderson really thrived after leaving that Adam yes. situation in, in New York. And that's not to say anything negative about the Jets, because I think they have remedied those situations a lot. But um, I'm hoping Sam Darnold gets the same kind of boost coming out of that system and, and into a system with arguably the best play calling in the NFL, which, it, you know, and that's a big statement, but I think it's, you know, an earned statement over what we've seen, you know, recently. 
No, absolutely. And Carolina played this brilliantly. If Sam Darnold can come out the way we want him to, the way a lot of people are expecting him to, that sets them up beautifully. And they got, gave up next to nothing to really get him. And like you said, with Robbie Anderson, this just seems like it seems like he's going to be comfortable. It seems like a great organization for him to just get into. They're already there. And Teddy Bridgewater, I don't want to knock him at all because he came no. in and he did absolutely fine for them. Like, I'm not going to knock him. He had 20 touchdowns last season. He did completely fine. But you could just tell that this was not going to be their long-term guy. And I do hope that he can find himself on a team where he can kind of get that. But it just wasn't working there for him. And they were in a position, they got a new head coach. Like they want to rebuild a team and they want someone they can completely continue to build around. So I think yeah. this works out great for them. The Jets, I don't know if they got as much as they wanted, but with their draft position this year, with everything looking the way it's going to, I honestly think it's perfect for them part ways. And now they have Soleil who seems, and we'll get into all this a little bit more yeah. later, but just, a great guy that can really help this organization. So overall, I thought this trade was awesome. I'm super excited about it. Yeah. I. So I guess I'm excited about it on the surface and just from, you know, I, I guess just having a soft spot for Sam Darnold, really yes, wanting to be I able to see. Him. I just want to see what he is, right? Yes. Like we don't know who he is. We don't know what kind of quarterback he is. We really have no just idea. Had some moments where you watch so, yeah. and you're like, this kid is amazing like I fully believe he has it and it's just been like I said it's unfortunate when he came into the Jets and now they've been slowly trying to rebuild they're making little things and now I think they are in the position to completely rebuild and unfortunately I think it would have been great if they could keep him but I just think it's one of those situations where too much has happened like they weren't on the same page and yeah. they have nothing but good things to say about him but I do think it was best case scenario for both of them to just go on their own. He can have a fresh start. They can have a fresh start and they can each hopefully grow and be great on their own. Yeah. So I guess let's dive deeper into this because yes. um, it, it the, this league is not all flowers and rainbows, unfortunately. <laughs> and as much as a great story as this could be, I do want to kind of explore what the Panthers mindset is right mm -hmm. now. And I think um, it's a fair question to be asked because obviously Sam Darnold is in the last year of his rookie contract. So mm -hmm. this is where, you know, you have the option to pick up its, his fifth year. Right. And, and all signs point to their planning to do that. Yeah. And when you think about what they gave up, right. So they gave up a sixth round this year and then a second and fourth yeah. for next year. So you're giving up two future draft picks. So you must feel pretty confident about where you're going to be in 2022. Um, even though it's not a first round, it's not huge, but you know, it is a lot, right? Like that is a lot in terms of if you're in a, if you're in a rut next year and you really need that draft capital and you don't have it, you really are banking on the fact that Sam Darnold is your guy for at least a couple more years. Mm -hmm. And you really believe in him to be around in 2022 and to take your franchise where you want it to be. Now they were also in conversations with, you know, for Matthew Stafford, they, mm -hmm. they were in the Deshaun Watson conversation. Yeah. Obviously that's kind of installed now, but um, they've been talking to any quarterback that's been available that, you know, is a big name or someone who could come in and make an impact. They've been in that conversation and they were not the only ones talking to the Jets about Sam Darnold, but is this an upgrade? I mean, and, and like, let's be, you know, brutally honest here about where they were with Teddy Bridgewater mm -hmm. 
based on what we've seen, and I have all the hope in the world for Sam Darnold, but based on what we've seen, how much of an upgrade do you feel Sam Darnold is over Teddy Bridgewater heading into 2021? So I think there's, I have to kind of like separate myself here because I think I have to take away like my hope because my initial reaction is like, this is such an upgrade. This is going to be amazing. But we do kind of have to look at the actual facts on paper here. He is a guy that also, he suffers not from major injuries, but he is kind of a guy that continues to get these minor injuries. He had the mono issue last year. The greatest NFL meme ever created. Literally, literally. So and not that that's – it's not like he's going to come out this season and get mono again. When are the chances that that actually happens? But he just seems like the kind of guy that does miss a couple games every season. Um, on the Jets, ever since he's gotten there, ever since he was a starter, they haven't had a season with more than seven wins. And yeah. that's not all on him. There are so many issues there. I don't want to peg that on him. But there are a lot of questions to be had because it's honestly, especially with how young he is too, it's kind of like another draft pick. Because yeah. we really haven't gotten to see his potential. So you are kind of taking that gamble. But from what we saw with Teddy Bridgewater and from what we have gotten to see with Sam Darnold over the last three years, I do fully believe this is an upgrade. I love the coaching in Carolina. He has weapons. I just think once they find themselves into a groove, it's really everything is going to fall into place for them. And they are going to get that quarterback that they have been looking for. Yeah, and I absolutely agree with you because I think when you look at gosh, like it's it's I think it's really underrated what the Panthers were able to do last year and I think it's it's really obviously it, they're a little bit dulled when it comes to their shine last year because you have the Buccaneers, you have the Saints, um the Falcons weren't doing much, but you know, they were definitely putting up really good play calls. Like there were things that they were doing that were really impressive. You know, and and I just hope that he thrives in that system. But I think there's probably no better scenario. But I I guess I'm wondering, just like in general, what the what the market is for Teddy Bridgewater, if this makes sense. Because um, yeah, and at I this think there point, is I think there is still a chance, unfortunately, and I don't want this for him, but I think there is still a chance that he remains on this roster as a backup. Yeah. Which for the Panthers, I think is best case scenario if they can make that happen because God forbid any issues with Sam, Teddy Bridgewater already knows the system. Like that way they can kind of play it and see. But I do think Teddy Bridgewater has what it takes to be a starting quarterback for some organization. I think right now Denver would be a good market from him. I'm not totally sold on Drew Locke yet. And I think with the position that they're in, that could be a good place for him to go have a little quarterback competition there. Another team, especially with everything going on, the Texans, they, and especially if they can get him on a one-year deal with everything going on, that might be a very good move for him. They've had some very good signings recently. There's a lot going on there with Deshaun yeah. Watson. Even before every scandal, the issues with him and the organizations, and now with everything that's coming out, his future is very, very uncertain right now. So I think if they could get him in there for a year, it kind of gets them through and then see where they're at past there. But there aren't too many options, but I think either of those could be a very good fit for him. Yeah. And I'm, I'm right there with you on the Denver situation. I, I'm, I don't think anyone's sold on Drew Locke, but no. I do think that at this point they're sitting at ninth in the draft that can change. Obviously Absolutely. we've seen things move around already, but you know, if they sit at nine, right, you've got the Panthers at eight. 
And just because they traded for Sam Darnold, if they can offload Teddy Bridgewater, who is set to make $18 million this year, by the way, which is a lot, (laughs) a lot for this year, for this situation. But if they can offload Teddy Bridgewater, there's nothing stopping them from drafting another quarterback to sit behind Sam Darnold if someone they like falls, right? And I think that's very possible. And and we were chatting this about this before the show, but there's, you know, a chance that some of these guys do fall and as great as they are, there's just, it's a need-based draft. It's a quarterback heavy draft, but it's also going to be a needs-based draft, especially up top. So, you know, they could end up with another quarterback on the roster, but I'm also, I would be way down to see him go back to New Orleans because I don't, do you remember when they had Taysom Hill, Teddy Bridgewater, Drew Brees running those like three quarterback it was brilliant insane and they did a little bit of that with Jameis Winston Mm -hmm. obviously and Taysom Hill last year but that was so fun like that was that was height of Sean Payton just being like you know what go for it it. just go for (laughs) it and I love it and they love him there so I feel like that would be really fun but that would be if that if that happened I would be very very happy with that yeah, but they have like no money, so that's yeah. Right. I know. I was gonna say, I was like, but they're so poor. <laughs> they are, yeah. They're in NFL poverty. They're sure. they're they're one of the teams though handling their very poor situation very smart though. They're doing yeah. everything that they have to do. They're making unfortunate cuts, but cuts that they have to make. So there's a chance that they could figure out a way to make it happen, but we'll see. They're already down to kind of skin and bones right now. <laughs> yeah, it's um I'm interested to see what happens there. But then again, you just look at wh- who are the teams that A need a quarterback, B have a quarterback situation where Teddy Bridgewater comes in and solves all your issues mm-hmm. or provides enough competition in the preseason to make it worth bringing him in and paying him $18 million, um, which would most certainly get restructured um, probably on any team that he went to. But yeah, the Broncos make sense. And we'll talk obviously we're going to dive into the quarterbacks in this draft later. So we will obviously talk about the Broncos because they are very, very needy when it comes to quarterbacks, but they're not sitting in the most favorable position, but let's dive into the jets because I think when you talk about the Sam Darnold trade and and where the jets are headed, I think you have to kind of look at what they did wrong and where they're at now and, um, and where they go from here. Right. Because I think that's the most important factor of, yeah, great. You now get to start fresh, but how do you not make the same mistakes that you made with Sam Darnold? I, yeah, I think, and I think the most important thing that we have to remember here is they have finally, they've moved on from Gase. They have the it guy in coaching as their head coach right now. This is a guy that basically every single team was interviewing. This is a guy that every player has said, we've talked about him extensively Mm -hmm. on here too this is a guy that players want to play for and he makes guys better and he's a motivator. And I don't think he's going to sit there and be a yes man on the jets, which I think that's what Gase was. And that's kind of how it felt. So I think now you bring someone in that actually has a vision and a plan and he's can talk all day long about how great Sam Darnold is. I don't think he would have let him go if he really thought the connection was there Yeah, and not in a negative way at all. Like, I just think he knows exactly where he wants this team to go. And sometimes to do that, you just have to cut all ties and you have to start fresh. So I think where they're looking at second in the draft, they can get a great guy there. We'll talk about it 
in yeah. a little bit. But um, so I think for them, they get a guy that they think they can trust. And it is taking a gamble. It's taking a big yeah. gamble because you never know with a draft. And Sam Darnold could come out and be absolutely great. And if you let him go, like you're kind of always going to have like that what if. So it definitely is a risk, but I think it was a risk worth taking. I think they find their guy at quarterback. Hopefully it secured in the draft. He comes out like a stud and is totally fine. Um, and then they can start building around him because I think their problem has been, they've been trying to like grab pieces and like do things here and there, but it hasn't been overall to make a complete team and it yeah. hasn't actually been fixing any issues. So they just keep running into this place where like they have to continuously start over. So that's why I kind of like the clean slate, start from the bottom, find your guy, find who you want to build your team around and then continue. It's going to take time. I don't yeah. think it's going to take as long as we think it's going to take. I think within the next couple of years, they're going to start moving in the right direction. They have some good signings already, but I do have hope for them. I do. I am seeing a silver lining. Yeah, this is my keys for the Jets. Like if I had to think of how do you not make the same mistakes? I think offensive line, number yes. one, number two, offensive weapons, number three, creating a culture that players want to be part of. And I think that that's, they're underway with that, right? And, and you mentioned it, Robert Saleh. It's just, it's, he's a guy everyone loves. He's a guy everyone respects. I think he's brought kind of an air of confidence, but, a, you know, I guess humbleness to that yeah. franchise that wasn't very necessarily. Yeah, and, and, and it just wasn't there before, right? Because you, you look at where they've been over the past few years and to have all of those things happen that have happened, like Jamal Adams to sit there and, and for Adam Gase to say he is irrelevant, it's kind of like, well, let's, take a step back, but yeah. that is the mentality that they were operating with. It was very arrogant. It was very, um, you know, just not open-minded and it didn't feel like a team, like it right. just everyone. And it honestly felt like guys were out there and they were kind of trying to prove like why they could go other places. Like it didn't yeah. feel like anybody was trying to grow within the organization. They were all, and like not even in a negative way, but they were all selfish because nobody was like, on the same page, there wasn't that culture. And we've talked about how important yeah. having that winning culture is. Like that helps teams win even when they have no business winning. So right. when you don't really have any of that, guys are out there playing for themselves for their own statistics. Yeah. You can't win games that way. And you have to, right? Because I think when when they won that game last season and people were going off the rails, by the way, I am obviously very grateful, but they <laughs> people were losing their minds, right? Like, why would they win a game? Why wouldn't they just tank it? Players don't tank games, right? Yeah. Maybe front offices try to move things in that direction, but players don't tank games. The reason why they went winless for so long is because the culture promoted that kind of, you know, they're not a team, they're not having fun. And as, and as corny as it sounds, like the Buccaneers probably had the most fun of any team this whole season, mm -hmm. not just because they won the Super Bowl, but every game up until yep. the Super Bowl, right? So you see how far those things go. And I think, like you said, I, I think when you look at them parting ways, I think if they were drafting in any other position, they would have kept Sam Darnold. If they didn't have a shot at the top two to three guys, I think they would, you know, stuck with Sam Darnold. But like you said, I just think it, it's it's all about fit. And I, I want everyone to move away from the narrative that if someone parts ways with someone, it's because they're not a good quarterback or it's because they're not, you know, ta as talented as whatever guy they're going to bring in from the draft. Cause that's not accurate. Like we've yeah. seen it happen over and over again. So I just, I want them and they're on their way with the culture. Now 
I'm not that impressed with what they've done in offseason just because I don't feel like they've addressed any of their needs as far as offense goes, offensive weapons, the line. I mean, they have a ton of defensive needs, and we're not even going to get into that because yeah. that's just that's a whole thing that it it's hard to like expand and like think about that. Um when we're thinking about the first few rounds of the draft, but over the next two drafts, they have 21 picks, right? That's insane. And 10 of them are in the first three rounds. So they have the resources to make this happen. But I get like, if you're the jets, I mean, what you get, the you get your quarterback and what's like the number one thing you're going for at number 23 or whatever their second first round pick is. I think especially it's all going to go down to also who's left. Because I do think this is a draft that is going to go in a multitude of different ways. I feel like we're all like, I feel like last season and even heading up to before the Miami San Francisco Eagles trade, I had like a general feeling of what was going to happen. And now I feel like I'm going to sit there and have no idea. I think their main thing, just because these have been issues for so long, they either, and this is a perfect draft for it, offensive tackle or receiver take best of at either of those and you are sitting in a very good position. Yeah, no doubt. And I, and I think that's going to be a lot of teams. Um, literally, that's literally what it's going to come down to. <laughs> like, all right, who took them? What else is there? And I feel like it's going to be one of those drafts where it's like down to the wire, what's available and just take best of because there is, and there's, these are, there's a lot of draft capital yeah. for receiver offensive tackle, offensive lineman, quarterbacks. And that's what most, not most, but that's what a lot of teams need right now. This is a, like, it'll fit perfectly if they can make it all happen. So I think once we start seeing where teams are actually going, especially once we get to like the 10th pick, I think yeah. then we'll kind of get a feel of how things are starting to flow. And then we can kind of take it from there. But I think if, and there's so many options, so I think they can make that happen. But I think right now, especially if you get your quarterback, you're going to need offensive guys. And then, like we said, they have so many draft picks coming up, like 21. It's insane. So yeah. for them, they can work on their defense later. I honestly think defense, they should honestly try and trade too. And they have the draft picks to try and make that happen. And they didn't pay Sam Darnold. They did not get yeah. – they're not in the – position that the Eagles and the Rams were with golf and Wentz like so they saved all of that money so I think that will benefit them down the road too definitely I I'm looking forward to what they do I think oh I just want them to make moves like I it's hard to get it's hard to have a reaction and have a feeling or a prediction based on what they've done so far because it makes me a little nervous right when you look at their offensive lines the same five starting guys the interior is the same your offensive weapons are the same. You have no top guys in your running back position, your tight end position, really your wide receiver position, if we're being honest. And there's, it's, it's a weird place to be because it is like, you have so much hope for them, but on paper, I'm like, do something. It's like the meme with yeah. the stick and it's like, do something. <laughs> like I need them to do something. Make a move. Do you think that's because they were waiting to see like who their quarterback was going to be like do you yeah. think they didn't want to make any moves until they kind of got that figured out it's kind of strange because i do think that it took a long time so either i have one of two theories either okay. one they were actually accepting offers for that second round or for that second second overall pick yeah. um and maybe they were just trying to have conversations and if anything came of it they would give it up, stick with Darnold, and and maybe change 
their, I guess, trajectory of what, what their other picks in this draft are going to look like. Um, and that's one option, uh, yeah. which, you know, Joe Douglas has come out and said, you know, we had conversations. Of course, people are going to call about the number two overall, overall pick. Yeah. But he said none that were serious conversations. Mm-hmm. So he did make it very clear that they were not accepting offers for that. Now, I don't know that we necessarily blindly believe that because I think, you know, I not saying anyone's <laughs> lying, but I think there's definitely um, there's optics to these kind of things. So I think. Mm-hmm. I think to to say, you know, we made this decision to trade Sam Darnold because we know we're not getting out of the second spot. We know we're taking a quarterback and it felt like the best situation for all is probably the easiest and probably the most close to the truth option. Yeah. And I think the, the the other option is you're fielding offers for Sam Darnold, right? Yeah. You have no idea what you're going to get for him. You have no idea where he's going to go. But still, that doesn't make a ton of sense to me because even if you're fielding offers, you know, eventually he's going to be gone, right? Yeah. Like if, if you know you're parting ways with him, you're not trading that second pick, then why not start planning ahead for the future? It seems kind of strange. Maybe they were just trying to see what they get out of this draft. But again, I, I don't think they would have ever planned to get a first round draft pick in 2021 for him. So that I don't really understand, but um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think they were probably accepting more offers than they'd like to admit for that second for that no, second no. overall pick and uh I don't know I'm surprised it took this long I guess um but we'll see where they go with it I yeah. I don't know I again you can have all the draft picks in the world you can have 21 draft picks but you still have to choose the players you still exactly. have to build the team so if you don't do that right you could have 100 draft picks in one it draft and you're still matter. it still won't matter then you can have all the draft picks in the world. You're going to need veteran guys. You can't just have, you can't just rely on draft because you literally never know. Tom Brady, for example, 199th yeah. overall, 198 other guys picked in front of him. None of them will ever be hit. Like the draft, it's just so hit or miss. And obviously having all these draft picks is great. And obviously you're going to get good guys. Like I'm not saying you're going to go over 21, but yeah. you you just can't build your entire team solely based on this. So I do wish they were making more moves and hopefully they will. There's still time. I have a feeling once the draft starts from April 29th, those next couple weeks, I have a feeling it's going to be pure insanity just because I think that's when things are really going to start moving again. So um, pray for us then. Guy. Oh my gosh. (laughs) This, the closer we get, like I, we, again, we say this, I feel like, Every week we have, we've, you know, sent good vibes for a fun off season for how long? And this off season is just a little more than we bargained for. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot going on. Um, and the draft doesn't help. If this was a normal draft, maybe we would feel a little less overwhelmed, but this draft is insane. It's going yeah. to be insane. I have a feeling that on draft night, we're all going to be a little surprised by something that happens. Um, and we were talking about this pre-show, but yeah. you were, we were saying how it's like people invite you to go watch the draft and it sounds all like fun and games. But if you're someone who actually sits down and wants to watch the draft, which any NFL fan this year should be doing that because yeah. this is going to be very exciting. It is going to at least the first round, right? Which is, mm-hmm. I think all anyone ever watches anyways, yeah. pretty much. But like, if you, it's hard to go out and go somewhere and watch it and you like are yelling at your TV. 
literally and it's one of those things and especially when you react my reactions are probably going to be insane if it's anything it's going to be worse than last year when the cowboys took cd lamb last year i screamed collapsed to the floor because i wanted him so bad that's like the one team that like as an eagles fan you just you can't get over like yeah. he went anywhere else i probably would have been like oh but the so like all those reactions and all those emotions like it's something I don't want people in public to see because I'll be sitting at Buffalo Wild Wings and then all of a sudden I'll be screaming at the top of my lungs. I was going to be like, what? Because there's going to yeah. be people half paying attention. People have no idea what's going on. There'll be the one person that's like, yes, I feel you. But like, it's just not something that you can really share. And especially this year, it is going to be complete craziness. We're going to get into it. Yeah. We're going to focus mainly on quarterbacks yeah. in the first round where we think they're going to go, what we think is going to happen. Because this year, in the 84 years that the NFL has had the draft, the last time that three quarterbacks went in the first round back-to-back-to-back -to -back -to -back was 1999. And that was when the Eagles took Donovan McNabb. So for now, there's a chance that quarterbacks go one, two, three, and four overall. So this is like... And we are also kind of in a, this is a total side note, but we are kind of in the period where it's like kind of passing the torch. Like Drew Brees just oh, retired. I know. Yeah. We're getting to the point. Aaron Rodgers is talking about hosting Jeopardy and having children. So we know we're going to be seeing the end of him in the next couple of years. Tom Brady, who knows? He might play till he's Whatever. 80, but eventually we will see the end of Tom Brady. So now we're seeing the Patrick Mahomes, like all the young guys, Josh Allens, Lamar Jackson come up and now we have a new level to add in there. So it's definitely a very exciting time. Definitely an unprecedented year. So you kick us off. What are your thoughts heading into it? Yeah, it feels so crazy because it. you just know that this year is going to be one of those drafts where everyone talks about it for the yeah. next 20 years, right? Like, And we have those those drafts of our own where we were like, oh, remember that, remember that, mm -hmm. um, or remember that year it was stacked. And I think when you look at the quarterbacks that came in and are kind of at the end of their career, like you mentioned, Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees, Tom Brady, Ben Roethlisberger, like all of those guys, that was a crazy quarterback class that kind of came up all together. Mm -hmm. And now it's like a cycle where they're just all kind of at the end of their line. And then now we have all of these new guys coming in, but I, I'm trying to like embrace every part of this year as much as possible because this will be a draft where we constantly refer back to 2021 Absolutely. and it could be for good for bad for anything right it could be you know mistakes it could be like we'll never have a draft class that great again it could be it could be a million reasons but yeah. we and will be talking about itself this. is just changing we had a super so year in 2020 and then now like Literally, the league, it's like we added an extra game. There's one less. Like, there are so many changes happening. So I think that piled on top of all of this just adds to it. It makes it, like, that much crazier. I'm excited. I'm excited. Well, we can kick it off. We'll we'll go through kind of the first round quarterbacks, top quarterbacks. Um, obviously, there's five really in this conversation. And there's mm -hmm. a few that could go first round and could also not go until late in the second round. We just... There's a lot of unknowns here, but uh, the one thing that's not unknown is number one. Um, yeah. You have yeah. to take this one away. Oh my gosh. I, <laughs> I have anxiety talking about this because I have had legitimate dreams that I've, we like I've been sitting watching the draft and they've taken someone else other than Trevor Lawrence at number one. And 
it can't happen, right? Because you look at him and it's wild to look at these five guys because when you look at these five guys in terms of overall college quarterbacks throughout history, throughout the past decade, the past five years, they all look great. He just looks significantly better than the other four, which is kind of crazy because- He's on another level. He's on another level. He's got everything, right? He's got the D-ball. He's got the accuracy. He's got, he's mobile. He's got the size. He's got, he's got everything you could ever want. Confidence. The confidence, the pocket presence, the poise. He's, he looks, if you were to just superimpose him into like an NFL play or a highlight, you would not blink, right? Because that he looks so, he looks like a guy who's been in the NFL for three or four years, not like a guy coming out of college. Um, and you look at the offensive line he had in Clemson, it was never great. Like it was never one of the best in college football. It was never top tier. Um, but he just sits back in the pocket. He knows exactly what he's doing. He's a guy that he's going to come in and he's going to give the Jaguars the ability to take risks that they haven't had in, I can't even remember a time, honestly, because I think, I mean, Gardner Minshew had some plays like that. Um, Blake Bortles never in his entire Jaguars career. And, um, you know, I the, the carousel of quarterbacks we mm-hmm. were dealing with before, you just, there was never confidence, right? And I think that's the biggest thing as a Jaguars fan seeing it is that it doesn't matter how well your quarterback's performing. They never just let him take chances. So I think this is a guy where he comes in, the way he throws the deep ball I think you're going to see a lot of play action. The passing game is going to change dramatically for the Jags. I think they are going to be able to take riskier moves and really put the ball down the field and and take those chances and really keep drives alive in a way that we haven't been able to. Um, And he's a lot like Joe Burrow, right? Like, and not in the way that he plays, not technically, but in the way that he has like that drive to never let a play die, right? Like he'll do anything to make something out of nothing, um, to a fault almost, because I remember the funny video of Joe Burrow, like the ref was like, you have to no, learn how to dive. You're going to get decapitated. I was just going to bring that up. Like that yeah. really blew my mind. And he was like, sorry, like they told me I had to practice this. Like- yeah. <laughs> it's, and, and you know, and I think that's something that, but like being able to know when to throw the ball away, it's something that someone like Tom Brady just does so well. And I think you take you take it for granted when you watch NFL football and it just is something that those guys have to learn when they get in the NFL. So I'm not that worried about it, but I would say that's the only thing. Right. And I think you look at Justin Herbert, they play so much alike, but if Justin Herbert had a few more years of NFL experience, he would look like Trevor Lawrence. So that's, and, and that's the wild part. And I'm just at the point where this goes back to us saying we can't watch the draft in public. And this is why, because (laughs) if, if that pick is announced and it's not Trevor Lawrence, no one wants to be around me yeah. for the rest of the night. Like no one wants to be associated with me for the rest of the night. If that happens. So. There, I am speaking it into existence. There is no way they mess this up. There is no way. Jordan, what the, it, let me introduce you to this <laughs> franchise. <laughs> allow us to reintroduce ourselves but like when you have a guy that is that special and like we all saw the reaction when the jets won that game and lost the first overall pick and then it was kind of like jackson like literally adam schefter was posting like the moment the jets lost that game trevor lawrence and a jack like it was it's just like last year it was joe burrow joe burrow's going number one overall he does like it's just something that you just you don't even really have the choice. Like yeah. it's like you have to do this. And yeah. it, with him, 
there are a couple guys where like obviously you're unsure like when Carson Wentz and Jared Goff were being dropped and they kind of like you could like literally tossed a quarter and like took either one yeah it isn't one of those situations like Trevor Lawrence is so special and I really hope there's always the chance that he comes into the NFL and is a complete bust yeah like it happens like it happens like to people you would never expect it to I just can't see it happening here but it, at least if he's a complete bust, and here's my thing. is At least if it's a complete bust, it's not on you. It's not on us, right? Yeah. Because that is what everyone would have done in that position. All Every, 32 yeah. teams, if they're given the first pick, it doesn't matter what quarterback you have, you're picking Trevor Lawrence. So exactly. at this point, it's like, just take the guy, right? And I joke, I don't think they're going to mess it up. I think they are going to take him. And I think that's a huge reason why Urban Meyer took this job and wanted yeah. to come here so bad is because – he knew he was inheriting Trevor Lawrence and yeah. like to, to give a guy, I mean, you can look at jobs and and you could have looked at the job and there was a lot of discussion around what's the best head coaching vacancy in the NFL back, you know, right when the off season started and you could have said the Texans where you had Deshaun Watson, but I've always argued that it was Jacksonville, not right. just because of bias, not because that's my team, but just because, of the position they're in. The position they're in. Not only do you have all these draft picks, yes, Deshaun Watson is almost a sure thing for the most part, but mm-hmm. the opportunity to build this team that has young talent, young cheap talent that is outperforming a lot of the NFL's top talent, even though they're not big names at all. You have all mm-hmm. these draft picks. You have the the opportunity to coach Trevor Lawrence. I just think it's hard. it's hard to say that any other job rivaled that. Um, but I think, I don't know. I, I, I think at this point that's who you take and we'll be lucky to have him. But yeah, it's kind of funny because I don't know if I told you, but I made a TikTok when that, like it was before the Jets won a game. Mm-hmm. It was, I think I want to say maybe like the week before it was right before it happened. And I made a TikTok of like it was it was just a joke of the Jags being like hey can you please win some games so we can get Trevor Lawrence and the Jets are like no thanks and it was it was like right after the Jets lost a game and the Jags lost a game and and I had like three or four men in my DMs mansplaining like that won't happen and and like the Jets are not going to win any games and all this all of the mansplaining as to why the Jaguars will not end up with the number one pick and then as soon as it happened and it was solidified I personally I'm queen of petty I personally yes. went in and we responded I sent all of them Adam Schefter's screenshot I was like what were you saying what yeah. were you saying what Say were you again. saying Explain yeah one more time yeah one more time tell me and they're like <laughs> wow that's so immature it wasn't it was a joke and I was like no it's a joke now that you're wrong right, it wasn't exactly. a joke when you said it <laughs> if they were right they probably would have went back to you and we're like haha look like yeah oh. of course they would because they're men yes what? we hate them all oh, <laughs> nothing good about them you're <laughs> kidding we're kidding, but of course we are. kind of, but yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I just, um, yeah, it was a funny moment. It was, it was one of the brighter moments of my year being able to go back and personally handwrite paragraphs as to why they were wrong. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so let's, let's talk about what seems That's to be amazing. the obvious lock on number two, which yes. I'm a little confused. Um, I don't know if you're also confused, but I'm a little confused um, as to why this is being I guess we know why because they've the Jets have clearly favored Zach Wilson. They've mm-hmm. made it kind of 
obvious without saying so that they're going to take him at number two, but mm-hmm. I like him. Um, but let's talk about him a little bit and how do you feel like he fits in with the Jets with what they're going for in the future? I do. So I like him. I think he's a great yeah. The only thing that makes me nervous with him is like, as we just talked about with Trevor Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence already plays like he's been in the NFL. He is a very established guy. Someone I feel very comfortable um, just throwing in and making him your QB one from day one. The only thing that makes me nervous with Zach Wilson is I kind of wish he had a mentor or he reminds me of the kind of guy that might have to sit for a year or like not do a Justin Herbert instead a couple days. Now that was an unfortunate situation, but like that kind of thing. And there isn't really anyone there for him unless they like go get someone, but it's not like they have a veteran QB that they're now benching. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, just makes me feel a little uneasy. And with the way they traded Darnold, what we already talked about with them and like the needs that they have, the fact that they kind of want to, put they haven't made any big moves yet the fact that they kind of look like they're putting all their eggs in this basket it does make me a little nervous and that's a lot of pressure for a guy fresh out of college to kind of build a team around so I do think he's gonna fit in there great I don't want to knock him at all but this is for any young quarterback like you need guidance and you do have Soleil who I think can provide that but I do hope that they get a veteran guy that can kind of show them the path show them the ropes just a little bit because that's, I think what they're going to be missing. So I am hoping for the best. I think he's a great guy. I think he would fit well in that organization. I can see him and Robert having a great connection. Like I like where they're going. I like where their heads at. I see why they're kind of set on him, but there are still some things that I hope that they do to make this 100% work out best for everybody. Yeah, totally agree. I think, I think he's great, right? Like he's, There's nothing wrong with Zach Wilson. I think yeah. I'm high on him. I am. Um, he's got good feet. He can scramble. He can do all the things that Sam Darnold wasn't necessarily able to do. But like we mentioned before, there's a lot of reasons Sam Darnold wasn't able to do those things. Yes. Um, and it wasn't just him, right? And a lot of it wasn't him. So um, yeah, like Zach Wilson is a guy that has incredible presence outside of the pocket. He can mm-hmm. deal with a breakdown. He can, he can get out, he can scramble, he can make those plays. He's a true playmaker, probably the best in this draft class and just being able to make something out of nothing and to extend plays and extend drives. And that's really his kind of bread and butter. And I think that's what puts him above the other three guys in this position at number two, but Gosh, it's hard to look at a guy like Justin Fields and say that's not the number two Exactly. Guy. And like, I'm, I'm, a, I'm struggling internally with that. Yeah, no. And he's someone, whoever gets him, and we'll break it down yeah. a little bit, whoever gets Justin Fields is going to be so lucky because I think with Trevor Lawrence, with all, there's so much, Eagles were trying to trade up for Zach. Like there's a lot of hype around Zach Wilson. So I feel like if this was any other draft and there wasn't as much quarterback competition right now, Justin Fields would be that guy. And I think he is going to, I feel like he's going to be one of those like sleepers, kind of like Justin Herbert was like, and obviously Joe Burrow was doing absolutely fine with what he had until the injury. Like I'm not knocking him in the slightest. I was very impressed with what I saw from him. 
But Justin Herbert came out and kind of showed us he played better than he, we ever saw in college. Like nobody could have even expected that from him. And I want, I feel like Justin Fields is going to be that guy because he's great now. And I just think he is going to break out. He seems like one of those guys that's going to come into the league and be comfortable and be able to be absolutely incredible. So it is kind of weird that like, and there's, and with the way it's looking with a lot of the mock drafts that I've been looking at and I've been it was so unfortunate when the whole trade happened because I've been studying all these mock drafts for yeah. months and like it all got flushed away and I was yeah. like so frustrated. And a lot of the things I'm seeing is it's going to be Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Trey Lance to the 49ers. They have a lot. I've seen some where they take Justin Fields. Mm -hmm. I've seen some where they don't even take a quarterback. So it's just so weird yeah. how all of this is getting broken down. Yeah, and this is – okay, so let's use this transition because yes. the 49ers – Perfect segue. <laughs> yeah, the segue of the 49ers, they really kind of control whatever the rest of the draft does, right? Because those two are locked. So I think they know that, and I think it's weird that – I would assume they're taking a quarterback. And I'm just going to say that because what motive do you have to push that hard and give up that much to get to number three in a quarterback heavy draft where if you're not at three, you're not getting one of these top guys. So what purpose do you have to do that if you're not taking quarterback? I'm like, I feel like I'm yelling at them, even though they haven't even done anything yet. These are just mock drafts, but it makes no sense to me not to take no. a quarterback. And, and I'll throw in big a move. And especially yes. if you're unsure about Jimmy, you don't go this far out of your way to take any guy but a quarterback. Let's also take a take a step and realize the 49ers were just like they were in talks with the Jets for Sam yes. Darnold like they were like what is it going to take to get Sam Darnold so this is how much it's wild to hear Watson yeah like, they wanted they were in every conversation like they were there and they were present and they were make not I don't know if they were making offers but they were inquiring so this is obviously a team that is questioning their quarterback situation they're questioning it internally, but not publicly. But also, like when when teams it's stressing me out, it's stressing me out. Yeah, because here's the thing: is like nothing goes on privately. Even if you talk to a team, they're gonna someone's gonna find out. Like the reporter is yes. gonna find out. Adam Schefter is gonna find out. Someone's gonna know, and they're gonna say that's why we have article on article saying the 49ers were talking to the Jets for Sam Darnold. But you can't go out and be like Jimmy is our guy. That's who, we, that's who we got and then be talking to everyone about their quarterbacks. But I'm just looking at this and I think I, I know that there's talk about Trey Lance. There's a lot of talk about Mac Jones that has been kind yes. of growing as a Mac rumor. But be like the dark horse because I feel like he's either going to go three or he's going to drop. And I don't oh. really yeah, he's he's going either third and that and throwing everything off, or yes. yeah, I he could honestly like I mean he's gonna fall to the late teens if that's yes. the case, and then that's could. kind of crazy because I don't know, but I've seen I'm, some drafts where the Patriots take him at fifteen. That's actually I, what I think is gonna happen personally. I, I think that would be really cool. I kind of like I'm that a lot, but there's still so much that has to happen before that to even get there. Yeah, I'm I'm here for Justin Fields going at three. I just yeah. I get the appeal for the 49ers with Mac Jones, but Justin Fields is just more NFL ready. I think he's a guy that, you know, he's so he threw already for his pro day. He's going to be throwing again on the 14th for the 49ers specifically because the day that Mac Jones had his pro day, they were there, right? So now 
He's having his own throwing. I don't know if the 49ers will be the only team there. I highly doubt it, but there will be teams there, including the 49ers to watch him throw again on the 14th. So that makes me a little more um, calm about their decision-making because I think when you look, it's just, it would be hard to not take Justin Fields at three. I think you would be, you've given up so much and I think this is the right guy to go with. And I think when you look at what Kyle Shanahan does, he makes very quarterback friendly offenses. He really helps develop those quarterbacks. He, if he can sit behind Jimmy Garoppolo, like they're in a win now mentality, but if they bring in a guy like Justin Fields to sit behind Jimmy Garoppolo or if Justin Fields wins the starting job coming out of offseason, either way. But yeah, I mean, yes, let's go Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence. Pumped. But yeah, I just think I, I think it's crazy to not take Justin Fields here. I, I don't know. I mean, I think you gave up so much. You look at what they gave up for that pick. That's mm-hmm. the best guy available. That's going to be the best guy available unless he goes at number two, which could still potentially happen. Oh my god. Which would I can't even handle the I can't even handle thinking about that right now, but I feel like I'm not going to breathe until like pick six. Like I'm, I'm just, yeah. I'm not going to pick six because I'll be sitting there and I'll be like, the Eagles should be here. So like, I just feel like this entire draft, I'm going to be sitting on the edge of my seat. It's going to be crazy. It's wild. But I would honestly, I would love to see him go to San Francisco okay. play under Shanahan. I want to see him throw to Debo Samuel. I want to see him throw to George Kittle. They've got guys there, right? Like this team is ready. Like we've, we've talked about it. If he has to sit behind Jimmy Garoppolo, cool. They made it to the Super Bowl with Jimmy Garoppolo. Like this team, this exact team has been to the Super Bowl. So it's not like they're, there's, this is no loss to them, right? To keep Jimmy G, have a guy come in like Justin Fields and sit behind him. And if he wins the job, he wins the job, but come on. Like this is a chance to develop long-term success. This is a chance to set yourself up, not just to win now, but to win two years, three years, four years down the line and give yourself a shot at being a contender past this year, because this team is not going to be together forever, but having a guy like Justin Fields come up under Jimmy Garoppolo. Yes. Money. Yes. I'm here for it. All right. So now we're, we're both kind of sitting in that same position. I think the quarter, the 49ers are going to take a quarterback. I think it'd be, it'd be absolutely ridiculous not to, I don't understand their move if they don't. I don't understand why you gave up that much to do it, but that's a conversation to be had once they make the move. We can yeah. see if we can be angry about it or not. So as of right now, one, two, and three are quarterbacks. Now you have the Falcons right now sitting at number four. Now they have come out and said they are totally open if they get the right offer. They're not, they're not set on number four. They are totally open. If they get the right offer, we will trade back. So who takes that spot? Exactly. So then who moves up to get there? And in my opinion, with the way it's looking, especially if, like, say, Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, if Justin Fields is still available at four, or even Trey Lance, if Zach Wilson is still, like, you have no idea. There's so many options. Like, these can get rotated like crazy. So what team gives up enough? who needs a quarterback that bad to move up and take number four. And if they don't, what do the Falcons do here? Because they're, they're also a team that is going to need a quarterback in the next couple of years. Do they get a guy that do they pull Packers, get a guy that can sit behind for a couple of years, learn the ropes from Matt Ryan a little bit, or do they take an offensive weapon, which they also need? What do you think is going to happen here? 
I don't even know. I'm like sitting thinking about it. I'm like, this could happen, but this could also happen. And this also makes a lot of sense. Like, could justify it either way, right? Because you look at Matt Ryan, and I have no idea what the conversations internally are there about his future, how long he's going to play, what Mm -hmm. that looks like down the line. All I know is that he restructured, right? So essentially, he's there. He's there for at least probably this year, next year, um, Mm -hmm. if we had to make guesses. But Gosh, I could I could justify taking a quarterback because whether so say Justin Fields goes at three, you're still still looking at Trey Lance or Mac Jones, which yeah. not bad options, by the no. way. These, none of these guys are bad options. No. Like that's the crazy part is like any of these guys you can do something with. So if it's Trey Lance or if it's Justin Fields or if it's Mac Jones, either way, you're set, right? Like you've got a great guy coming up under Matt Ryan. Yeah. And at the very least, if it doesn't work out, now you've got a trade capital piece that you can move around right so my thing is that how tempting is it to look at Kyle Pitts and not pick him when you're in the position of the Falcons and that's the tough part uh, mock drafts have him going if the Falcons don't trade if everything stays the same right now Kyle Pitts (laughs) I think I think they're trading out and I think the Broncos are are gonna find a way to get at four Oh my god, that Maybe. would be unreal. I mean, I don't know if the Broncos can pull it off. I don't know if they can either, but that'd be great for them. I'm that's the only so team I could. Yeah, that's really the only team I could see one having enough trade capital in in future drafts because I feel like the Bears just don't have anything to work with. But I think that's the only team I could see at all, really like making the move yeah. to get up there or having any ability to do that because you're coming from nine, right? Like you're not. Like, but sitting at nine, knowing how bad you need a quarterback, I mean, that's a perfect and yet so far. Well, yeah, because it's a perfect spot. The Falcons are in the perfect spot because any team like the Broncos that needs a quarterback and is just that far away from it, they're going to give up a lot maybe in the moment. Like, I don't think this trade will happen before the draft, but I could see it on draft night coming through. Panic, and then they just give up everything. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I'm here for that. Oh my god! Because and we are we already have the conversation. There are drafts that have Mac Jones dropping down to 15. Like so, if one, two, and three go, and then you have the rotation, you're gonna have two left. One of realistically Trey Lance, Justin Fields, or Mac Jones, unless something crazy happens. And then you have the Falcons at four. If the Falcons do. Stay everything stays the same if they take pits or any offensive weapon. Yeah. Realistically, they probably would take pits and my heart's gonna break, but it's fine. Um, if they take pits, you know the Bengals aren't taking a quarterback, and no. then the yeah. Dolphins that moved all around, you know that I don't think they are. I don't I hope they're not. They would be silly, but they don't seem like they're looking at this draft. Like we're going to take another quarterback. We're going to create this quarterback competition. They want offensive weapons too. So now you're already at four or five and six. And now you still have two guys that are still two very good guys that are still sitting there. So there is definitely the chance for them to do it at nine. But like you said, I do think there is a chance that that panic sits in and you're like, what if, what if, what if, because Falcons could take a quarterback and there's very good reason to dolphins it would be ballsy and it would be nutty but it (laughs) could happen and i'm not ruling anything out right now with the way things have been moving the dolphins the lions i'm not ruling them out either like can't rule them out because they what do they have jared goff great then what 
The Panthers, well, we just said if they can offload Teddy Bridgewater, maybe they draft a quarterback. The guy they like falls. Like, what if they just love Trey Lance or Mac Jones? Yeah. And and they fall and they take a quarterback. The Broncos could literally get screwed by the three teams right ahead of them. Oh my god. If they don't trade up. And I think that no. panic might set in as the draft gets going or maybe gets closer. I would I just scare them into it. <laughs> if you're listening. You. <laughs> we are trying yeah. to help you. <laughs> We're just trying to like give you a little insight here yeah. as if they don't know. But like, yeah, I do think I would be a little nervous. If I'm the Broncos, I'm sitting there and I'm saying, yeah, those three teams have quarterbacks, but none of them have quarterbacks that convince me enough that they won't pick a guy if he falls right and that's the biggest thing is I think if Trey Lance is that guy I mean it could be Trey Lance it could be Justin Fields but either way if that guy falls down and down like that might be too too I guess tempting for any of those teams to pass on I mean if I'm the Lions I'm sitting there if Justin Fields falls to seven that's I'm all in on that yeah like holy crap same with the Panthers and I honestly think if this was like any other draft even with all these guys like we wouldn't even have to question it, but with the this year just feels like everyone's ballsy and everyone's like ready. I don't know if it was like 2020, they didn't have fans in the state. Like, I don't know what it was, but now teams are all like very aggressive. They are making big moves. Like nobody's really scared or shy. Players are speaking out. Like, I just think we are seeing this change and I think we are getting to the point where it's going to be like, I don't care what anybody says about this. I don't care if it's actually the best move. We like this guy. We're taking him and we'll see what happens after it. And that's why the Broncos should be scared because any other year, maybe before 2019 and earlier, never would have even had this fear. I never thought it would have even gotten to this point, but with the way everything is looking with the way teams are talking with the conversations being had, we have to be afraid of the 2021 draft. We have no idea what is about to unfold on April 29th. We have no idea. Here's the thing is I've never, like I said, I'm nervous, but personally I've never felt so calm because I know exactly what my team's going to do. But for every other fan base, I mean, I'm looking at this list and honestly for like, there's a handful where it's like, whatever, like I don't, it literally doesn't matter what the bucks do. It literally doesn't matter what the chiefs do really yeah. like the bills, but every other team, especially in the top 10, like I feel like we're going to be surprised. I think so too. And I'm excited. I think so too. And I've convinced myself throughout this entire show that I cannot go out in public and watch it. I've talked yeah. myself into not, that's not no. a good idea. No, and I'm I'm gonna wait to text you until after the first pick is called. And I'm going, I'm putting I'm putting it into the universe. I'm gonna send you a big congratulations. Thank Will you. you buy a Trevor Lawrence jersey like immediately? Um, yeah, probably. I think I think that's right. Well, the the bad part is I'm trying to decide whether that's good luck or bad luck. So far it's been bad luck, obviously, because every jersey I own that person's no longer here. So it is. (laughs) I do want to ask you this before we close off. What are your thoughts heading into this about Gardner Minshew? Where, what do you think? Do you think they trade him? Do you think they bench him? Like, because I love him and I think he's great. I love him. I don't think personally that he will stay in Jacksonville. Mm -hmm. Um, 
I don't know. It's hard because I think that he is such a great player in my opinion. And I think that he was just in a terrible situation to try where it was kind of like, everything's riding on this kid who really like does not have the credentials to be in this yeah. position. And that doesn't mean he's not great. Cause I do think he's great. And I think he's going to be better than most backups on these teams, but I don't think like just based on what I'm seeing from him on social and the Jags and like, it doesn't necessarily seem like they're promoting him that much. It doesn't yeah. really seem like, which I get it. Like if you have the number one pick, you're getting Trevor Lawrence. Like you probably want to like keep that ball rolling and get people excited for Trevor Lawrence. But I, it doesn't seem like they're communicating that well. Yeah. It doesn't seem like he's part of their plans. Um, I know that there are like, people talking about like who do they bring in as far as a backup quarterback I'm pretty sure they signed a quarterback who I I mean I have no idea what their plans are as far as like second third but it is um I want him to go somewhere and be successful yeah because I do love him I think as like a locker room presence as a leader as like so as a face for a city like fantastic yes also he's become a Florida man so quickly Literally, the mullet happens so fast. To cut off the jorts. I love. I literally love his entire vibe. I love everything about him. I fell in love with him so quickly. I remember I was working at NFL Films with all of it, and I was like cutting footage of him, and I was like, "This man is just amazing. Like Fantastic. his presence, like exquisite, absolutely exquisite." Yeah, ten out of ten. Ten yeah. out of ten for the style. I mean, you got to think back to like some of those pregame, like those walk-in outfits. Can't be unbelievable. Beaten. No, unbelievable. Top tier. He should be a QB one for that purpose alone. Cam Newton has <laughs> nothing on him. Cam Newton's got nothing on Gardner Minshew. Nothing. nothing. We need to have a style off between the two of them because that would be something to say. Can we get Gardner Minshew on the show? Yes. <laughs> we should try. <laughs> we really we should. should try. Why not? <laughs> what do we have uh, to do? <laughs> we'll just post we'll clip this post it on twitter and just add him and be like hey how many retweets <laughs> how many retweets yes. uh yeah no i'm yeah i i wish the best for him so do i yeah we'll try we'll try to get him on the show yeah we gotta oh. get some guests we're gonna have guests don't worry yeah. we will but oh, so excited so many big things happening Big things, big things. Any yeah. final thoughts before we get out of here? No, I just think it's going to be a long couple weeks before the draft. We're going to continue a lot of draft talk leading up to it. We're going to kind of break down all the major positions, the big yep. names. Today we were focusing on quarterbacks, but we will get to everything and get us all kind of prepared for this whirlwind that we are about to experience on April 29th. Oof. Let's it's like go. so close and yet so far. Let's go. I know it is far, but I'm look, the time is flying by. Yes. We're a week into April, people. A week. I thought April Fool's literally felt like it was yesterday because everyone was talking about it. And I was like, are we still doing this as a as adults? I hated April Fool's Day. Twitter. I'm so gullible. Everything I saw. I really thought um George Kittle was going to the Jaguars. Yes. And I was like, what? And then I was like, oh my God, it's April 4th. Yes. Russell Wilson to the Bears. Like everything. I get like Howie Roseman fired. I saw Yo. all these things. And it, literally I had to be like, take a step back. It's April Fool's Day. Oh. Don't believe anything you read. <laughs> yeah, like relax. But I saw the George Kittle thing and I was like, I my heart 
exploded for a second. I was like, mm-hmm. I have never been this happy. And then I was like, you know what? April Fool's Day is now officially my least favorite day of the oh, year. No, I hate it. Can we ban it? Let's get it banned. Please. Yeah. Please. Like, <laughs> We're let's old. ban that and let's ban freaking changing the times and like falling back and springing forward. I'm tired of it. I'm tired oh God, of we it. We really do have so many big plans coming up. <laughs> 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 we're gonna oh, get accomplished. People thought that there were like guest topics <laughs> on episodes. No, we're canceling no. April Fool's Day. <laughs> we're going into the government yeah. and we're signing bills. Okay, we're getting bills signed. I have no idea how the government works, obviously. <laughs> we're getting bills. Amazing. All um, right, let's get out of here before we start running for president or something. Let's do it. Thank you guys <laughs> for tuning in. Follow us on Instagram at Onside Chicks, Twitter, Onside Chicks Pod. Twitch, YouTube, all the places. Subscribe on Apple and Spotify. Leave a nice review and we will catch you guys next Wednesday. Bye. Bye. I got to find the outro video.